0: I'm gonna shoot up, this is a list from Forbes magazine of some of the most excellent and reputable companies in their field in 2016. What I'd like for you to do, just share with your neighbor, take a guess. What do you think is gonna be the top companies, the most excellent and reputable in these fields? Go ahead, share with the person next to you. Excellent and reputable, 2016. Top of their field, pretty much, okay? Just, you don't have to get everything right, it's just, just, you know, it's a discussion starter here. I'm going to give you the answers. Maybe it'll surprise you. Here you go. So, the top, Nike. Everyone? Yeah? Pretty easy. Uh, Lego, BMW. The one that surprised me. Did anyone get every one of them? Yes? Peter? Oh, my. I was about to say. The one that surprised me was Cheesecake Factory. Yeah? I was like, Cheesecake Factory? I mean, their menu is like 500 pages long. Maybe that was one of the criteria. I don't know. But this is the list. If you're looking at that field, the epitome of most excellent in their field. For the next five weeks, we're gonna be starting a series on love. And when we're thinking about and talking about the most excellent, reputable, most representative of love, that has to be the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, if this is your first time here, um, just encourage you to be a little vocal. Um, When we're talking about love, it shouldn't be found in the world. It should be found in the church. Amen? That when we're talking about the most excellent, that it should be found amongst the disciples of Jesus. And you see, that's the standard because if you read this passage, it talks about in verse 48, the standard of Jesus. It says this, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the standard of Jesus. If you want to love, you love Perfection, that is the standard that Jesus asked for us, right? To be excellent in it. Let's not have a mediocre love, right, a so-so love, or a love that just looks like any other part of the world, but be excellent. Be perfect just as your Father is perfect. That's why we're here, isn't it? That's my hope. I hope we're not here because, uh, you know, those are some good songs. I want to do something religious for the family but I hope that you're here because you want to be filled to the brim with the love of God and take that to the world that is dying and to shine the light of Jesus wherever you go so that in turn that they might know the Father through our love and interaction. And that's the standard. And your first thought is going to be, I can't do it. (laughs) And that's right. And Jesus knows this because even though he says this, if you've ever studied the Sermon on the Mount, and I think this is important, I want you to go to chapter 5, if you have a Bible, verse 20. This is very important. Because as we talk about perfection, as we talk about, man, I, it's, how can I love in the way that God loves? Well, Jesus, knowing this, he says in verse 20 of chapter 5, and this is a thesis statement of all of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, for I tell you. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. See, the whole idea about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus wants to tell you what a kingdom person looks like, and guess what? You can't do it. But this is what Jesus is trying to get at, is that as we talk about love, we need to start here. We need Jesus to work a supernatural love in each and every one of us. If you try this on your home, you're not going to make it. You're not. There's no way. Because today, you know what we're going to be talking about? Loving your enemies. Can I get a, woo? you're not excited about this. You know, I'll just be frank. This is one verse that I wish wasn't in the Bible. Because I'm a pastor, but loving our enemies is one of the most difficult things that we can wrap our mind and heart around. And so without God working supernaturally in us, this is impossible. But as God works in us, this is what I'm going to ask for all of us, is that at least today, that you would be willing to be open to the idea of God working in your heart. So that maybe, even if you're unwilling Somehow the Holy Spirit would cause you to be willing to be willing. And God could work in that. Because we're going to be talking about an excellent love. And you know what excellent love looks like? Loving your enemies. Let's go there. This is the verse. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies enemy. What Jesus is doing is he's quoting Leviticus 19.18. Love your neighbor. It's found in the Old Testament. But did you know that the second part is not found in the Bible at all? In actuality, if you study the Old Testament in Proverbs 25.21, it says stuff like this. It says if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. So where did this part come from? Hate your enemy. Anyone know? All right, let's have a little interaction. Okay? With the person next to you. Where did this come from? Because this was accepted truth by the Jewish culture at that time. But it's not found anywhere in the Bible. So when Jesus says, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy, where did that part come from, hate your enemy? Talk with your neighbor real quick. Anyone like to venture a guess? Well, I'm going to tell you where it came from. It came from human tradition. It came from the scribes and Pharisees. Because when they heard, love your neighbor, they were uncomfortable with the implications. Well, I want to love this. Like I like Jay. I want to love him. Charles, I don't, you know. God, really? I mean. Right, And so what they did was they redefined what that meant. And so they started to put a border around what it actually meant to love your neighbor. So then, oh yeah, a Gentile, they're not really our neighbor. Oh, a Samaritan, they're not a neighbor. So we're going to love our neighbors, but then the implied truth that God wants us to learn is you can hate everyone else as long as you love your neighbor. And that became accepted as something that was honoring to God. It became such a part of their teaching that this is actually a paraphrase of one of the teachings that the Jews would teach. It says this, if a Jew sees a Gentile has fallen into the sea, let him by no means lift him out. Of course it is written, do not rise up against your neighbor's life, but this man is not your neighbor. Isn't that crazy? Human tradition, redefining divine command And then it trumps what God actually wants. What's dangerous about this is that this is happening in our culture today, isn't it? This marriage, God defined it. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. We're going to redefine it. Human tradition is going to redefine it. And then now it's going to trump what actually God wants. Sexuality. Well, God has clearly stated some stuff in the Bible. Well, let's redefine it because I'm not comfortable with that. And now that trumps what God wants. This is why it's very important for the people of God to know the word of God, clearly to know what God wants so that you aren't swayed by the thoughts of our culture. Here, this is what they struggled with. And now the Jews actually believe that God was honored by them hating people. Isn't that crazy? Verse 44. It says, you have heard, but I say to you. Jesus is going to do this over and over again in the Sermon on the Mount because he wants to clarify this is the human standard. Here's the divine. And he says this, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Man, that's hard. Let's put it this way. Loving our neighbors is hard enough. Yeah. Loving people that haven't heard us. That takes so much work, doesn't it? Uh, So there's a picture. This is a guy named Mark Clark, and he's a pastor of Villa Church in British Columbia. So he was going to plant a church, and to do that, you have to go before the church planting assessment board of the denomination. And so he prepared his best sermon, got up there, preached it, and he was sharing how he got off the stage and was like, I nailed it. I got this. Got back up, they started asking him questions about the missional statement of the church, shared it, because he's ready, right? Five-year plan, boom. Ten-year plan, boom. And then at the end of the interview, something threw him off, because they asked him a question that really just threw him off kilter. You know what they asked him? As they were finishing up, they said, oh, you know what, we want, you know, obviously the church plan to be very missional. Uh, What's the name of your current neighbor? He didn't know. So he was like, oh, you know, I've been only living there five years. Five years? <laughs> oh, and so that, okay, well, what about just one person on your street? Do you know anyone on your street? And he didn't, he didn't know anyone. And for him, it was like God slapping him in the face and saying, look, you want to plant a church? What I'm calling you to, you need to live out each and every day. You know, the only reason why he passed that and got to plant his church Is because of his wife. Because they asked, because they have a wife portion where they have to interview her. And they said, Oh, can you name someone? She named everyone on the street and she knew every prayer request and that she's going down. And so he actually shared this that at the end, they were like, You know, you're pretty average, but Aaron, she's awesome. I mean, she's wonderful. And so we're going to pass you to the next stage. You got some stuff to work on. So please, you know, pray through that and work through that. But, you know, that's a reminder for us. Even your current neighbor, that's hard. And now Jesus is asking us to go another step above that, which is for those that have harmed and hurt you intentionally. That have harmed and hurt maybe your loved ones. I want you to love them. Talk about needing God to do a work on our hearts. And then, if that wasn't hard enough, Jesus says something. He says, He says, Love your enemies and what? Pray for those who persecute you. You know, right before this section, you know what Jesus teaches on? He teaches on, if someone slaps you on the cheek, do you remember what he says? What does he say? Turn the other cheek. Do You remember that? So that's right before this. But Jesus wants to push that a little bit deeper. Because what he's saying is, it's not enough not to retaliate. It's not enough to just, you know, I'll take another slap. But it's another whole level to be able to love that person. Uh, this is what Pastor Mark, he was sharing. And so if we have that quote, you can kind of put that up. It says, there are a lot of people that have learned to turn the other cheek. But those same people have not learned to love the one that hit them. I'm going to tell you right now. When Jesus is saying pray for them, when you pray for someone, that's a sign of care and affection, isn't it? When you pray for someone, you're creating space in your heart to allow them in. So what Jesus is saying here is not to just, oh, yeah, forgive them. Let's not talk, if I don't see you, we're good. It's be involved. Pray. Why? Well, let's go back to our verse. Something powerful happens. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. When you do this, through the grace of God and through the Holy Spirit's help, something amazing happens. You start looking like sons and daughters of the living God. You start looking like Jesus to a world that needs to hear about this great Savior. Because... Jesus reminds us that the Father, he gives common grace to every one of us, right? He says he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. And you see, this is the part that you need to be reminded that you are the evildoer that God has poured his grace upon. And so if God has forgiven you that much, your capacity to forgive should rise that's what our father would do and so you start looking like him once you start mimicking that sort of excellent love I love what he says next he says if you greet only your brothers what more are you doing than others right do not even the tax collectors do the same and there's, there's so much truth in that isn't there like the Nazis they liked each other Like they would die for each other. What makes us different than them if we only care about the people that are nice with us, that are just our loved ones? Isn't that the truth? The Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) Okay, we can go all day with this. You need to be reminded that we are nothing different than the world. We don't exemplify the loving Father unless we are able to extend our grace and our forgiveness to people that have harmed us. I'm going to keep repeating this. This is going to be hard, but this is what this requires is a supernatural work in you. It's a hard transformation. Because let me tell you something. You know, when I read in the Bible, like, do not commit adultery, you know what? My heart says, yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, don't kill anyone. Yes. Don't have an unforgiving heart. I'm like, uh. Ah. Because you can feel justified, don't, like, almost like if you knew Jesus, what he did to me or what she did to me, I can never forgive them. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. We talk so many times about how, how no one is too far from the grace of God, that where sin increases, grace increases all the more. So God would go to the ends and the depths of hell to save us. We are banking on that. Why can't we bank that on other people? And so we need the supernatural love of God to work on our hearts, that we would consider this. Um, I wanted to share a story. Uh, there's a man, he's a pastor, his name's Eric Fitzgerald. Had his life turned upside down. Take a look at this video. Eric Fitzgerald.
1: I work as a firefighter EMT. Um, I was just finished uh, getting off a 24 hour shift. Uh, we had an extremely busy shift. Um, I really only got about 30 minutes of sleep. I drove home and uh, I didn't really feel the need that I, I needed to pull over. So about two miles from my house, um, I ended up falling asleep at the wheel and crossing the center line and uh, hitting an oncoming car head on. I had just woken up uh, that morning and, and I heard a pounding on the front door and so I went to see what was going on. and. Uh... A senior pastor from my church where I serve. Jeff was there he had told me that my wife and my daughter had been in a car accident that I would to get my keys, get my cell phone, get my wallet and let's go. So I grabbed my stuff, we jumped the truck, we went to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, uh, the chaplain met us uh, in the emergency room and kind of walked us to the counseling room. The doctor began to share kind of what had happened that June had sustained um, severe head trauma um, and, and some broken bones and, and the steering column had actually been Crushed in towards her abdominal area. and Due to the injuries that she sustained, um, that she had gone into cardiac arrest almost immediately, Uh, the EMTs um, did everything that they could uh, on the way to the hospital to try to do aggressive CPR and keep her going, but when they got to the hospital, um, they they pronounced her dead. Um, My wife was also pregnant, uh, almost seven months pregnant uh, with our son, and um, we lost him as well. Faith, uh, who was 19 months old at the time, was also in the car, but amazingly, uh, she came out of it with, uh, with no injuries, just some mild abrasions and some bruises. Um, hearing, hearing the news, uh, just trying to process it, not only did I lose uh, my wife and my best friend, but I also lost a son. <clears throat> I went outside Uh, to call my mom and tell her what had happened. And it's the most difficult phone call I've ever had to make.
0: The story continues that Eric, the pastor here, um, he had every reason to harbor bitterness or think evil thoughts against this guy. But what he ended up doing was... He fought on trial to get him a lower sentence. He fought so hard that he only got community service. Isn't that crazy? That was very important because actually as a firefighter, he could lose his job and never ever get a job as a firefighter if he gets convicted of that crime. But because he fought so hard, this man got to keep his job after he finished community service. Not only that, The first day, so they had a two-year period where they couldn't see each other because of the law. And uh, that first day, uh, Eric went out of his way, met Matt, and said, hey, I forgive you. Not only that, uh, I'd like for us to meet and start a friendship. The reason why I'm sharing this story is this. We all have legitimate reasons at times to hate someone. And sometimes, that gets the best of us. And you can be justified in that. But something amazing happens when you allow the love of God to melt your heart, to take away the bitterness, and to be able to share it. The reason why I'm sharing that part is because Matt, the guy, the firefighter who fell asleep and a horrible accident happened, he shares later on that he wanted to kill himself because of the grief. You know, he had his wife, and they, they, they were kind of trying to have kids, and it just broke him. But he said, through Eric sharing love, I don't know if this guy knew God, but through him sharing love, he talks about how he saved my life. He saved my life. All of a sudden, I was filled with hope. And you see, all of a sudden, God shows up, and his love, his excellent love, gets glorified. You know, it's interesting. Eric, when asked why he did all this, he said simply this. I don't see why this accident and, strategy and tragedy needed to ruin any more lives. How mature, but not only mature, but I really believe this is a supernatural work of God. I'm going to tell you right now, you, you're not going to hear anything new today. You're not. Your mind is not going to be filled with anything new. But let me tell you something. The challenge this morning is the heart. Some of you, as I'm sharing this, and I say the word enemy, some minds, right, faces pop up in your mind. It does for me. I remember a guy named Rudy when I was in elementary school. I hated him, right? No, I mean, he really was like a bully. I remember he had a gold chain, and he would steal car emblems, and that he would wear it, you know what I mean? And he would come around and give dead arm to everyone. You know what a dead arm is? If you don't know, ask the person to give you one, and you'll know why I hated him so much. And, and he was like an enemy to me. It sounds silly. On a more serious note, there was a period in my life when my father was my enemy. I hated him. Before Christ, he was a raging alcoholic. And he would fight my mom physically. I would have to get involved. I would fight him. And he was an enemy. I hated him. And Jesus is saying, look, I would love them. I would forgive them. Will you? That's the question for all of us. You know, in Matthew 5, there's a powerful imagery That's the hope, my brothers and sisters, that we would love and shine our light of Christ in such a way that maybe miraculously through the Holy Spirit and through us, through our broken interaction with them and through our, our tough and weak efforts to try to mend that relationship, that somehow they would come to know God and that they would go and praise the Father who is worthy of all glory. That's the hope. My prayer is that you would If you're unwilling, at least pray that you would be willing to be willing because God can work with that. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you have modeled this very difficult, difficult command. Even though we know this, Our hearts are, are. We're quick to remember uh, the pain. Uh, maybe we, we've held on to bitterness. And to even just consider forgiveness. It, it just is unworldly to think about. And you know all that. So God, we ask that you would come and supernaturally start to chip away, to work on our hearts transform us to start to implant your grace your love your agape unconditional love we lay ourselves before you we come humbly knowing that we are weak let your love take over Jesus we love you in your name we pray Amen.